0: This is Writing Excuses, episode 13. We're just continuing from episode 12, right into it. Howard's still at a convention, and we're talking with Stacey Whitman about uh, publishing and publish and editors.
1: And here's my daughter. Say hello.
0: Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I would say that in in epic fantasy, too. Uh, People read epic fantasy. They love to read, for instance, uh, the Robert Jordan books. They're these huge monstrous things. They're, they're long, I love them, but they're big. They're like 400,000 words right. some of them. Um, and so they sit down and they write a 400,000 word book. And then they try to submit this and the others say, no, I want something from a new author that's around a 100, 120,000 Speaking
2: epic. of strange submissions, yeah. we once got a book like that for YA and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, but a 400,000 book in YA is a series. Oh. <laughs> it, you know, 400,000 words is like five books yeah. in YA. And he had... Very nicely, enveloped. enveloped um, put each chapter in a different Manila envelope and sent me a box. of wow. <laughs> his manuscript. No need. I definitely remember it, but I don't think I even ended up reading the manuscript. I think it was just automatically directed by the assistant editor. You know, because so it was much just extra weird. work
1: to even get from chapter to chapter.
2: Yeah,
0: man.
1: Don't, don't do things that make it hard for the editor to physically read your thing.
0: <laughs> My favorite story on this um, is the one Dave tells, um, David Farland, where you know, in his class, I've heard him tell this story a couple times. I, I don't know if it actually ever happened or things, but he tells a story about a New York editor who, was, um, who, who got a strange call from um, the secretary down below that you know, uh, uh, the, that stopped people from getting in to see the editors, which is you know, good, there's someone there. But they said, you're going to want to come see this. And the editor came down, and there was a guy there in full Viking outfit, uh, you know, with the horned helmet and just period piece. And he <laughs> says, I am Grok Don the Viking. I have traveled many moons to bring you this. And he drops the manuscript down, hey. and then he turns and walks out. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Man, okay, that was my plan. Better.
2: That's even better than the story that I, that just reminded me of, which is because we have a receptionist who has to send us mm-hmm. people who want to call us, right yeah so we we tr- have often you know said, well if it's an an author that needs to talk to us, great, you know, and I once got a phone call from a guy who wanted to know why his manuscript was rejected and why couldn't he somebody just tell him why wouldn't they just take his manuscript he had sent it, and why won't they tell him anything Turned out it wasn't even a Mirrorstone submission. It was to the adult imprint. Mm -hmm. He had gone through the entire list of every editor in the department and just gone back to the receptionist every time and said, well, they didn't answer their phone. Give me somebody else. (laughs) First of all, do not call an editor if you don't have a previous relationship with them or an agent. They they just don't have time to answer Mm it. Second, do not call them because... They probably don't know where your manuscript is. Do you know how many submissions we get yeah. in, in a week or a month? And and it's better to send a polite email or a polite, especially polite is most important mm-hmm. word here, um, postcard or something. Just inquiring, you know, my Eight. manuscript yeah. is blank. You know, I would like to inquire about, you know, whether you received it and if it's still under com- under consideration. It works a whole lot better than an angry phone call. And, and wait a few months
0: before
1: you even send that Exactly. You know. Yeah, you need to wait a good, and, and and if your manuscript's already been rejected, please absolutely don't write back and complain and gripe and yell at the editor for rejecting don't it. Don't send
2: your rejection better letter back to them mm-hmm. or... You know what, every time I got rejected when I was trying to break in,
0: I actually sent a thank you note. See, As that's what I was going to recommend. I appreciate those. Um, I appreciate those. Any personal rejection, a thank you note, thanks. I really appreciate you looking at my manuscript. Um, I, I hope you'll consider my next book when it comes around. Um, you know, and, and then I would send them a query on my next one. Um, yeah, I've gotten,
2: I've gotten notes from people saying, wow, the little note that you gave me, gave me an idea and I think it'll be better for yeah. it. And that, you know, those are nice to hear, but
0: editors, you know, you know what people, uh, I'm not just saying this to embarrass Stacy. Editors are a very special type of person. They get into this not for the money or the glory or the fame. The authors get the glory, the fame, and usually the money. Um, the, the editors Indeed. go into it because <laughs> they love working. They love seeing something in a book and taking it and making it into this p- professional quality published piece. They, the, the editor's job is to, to encourage.
2: We're all obsessive-compulsive. Yeah. And you know when <laughs> you're really just work channeling in the it shadows. in a socially acceptable way.
0: Remember, these are people that are overworked and underpaid, and they're doing it out of love, not out of out of really any other reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep that in mind when you're submitting these people and things. Let's talk about approaching editors. Um, oftentimes, a, you're let's say you're at a convention, and there's an editor there, Stacy. How would you, what advice would you give on someone who wants to walk up and and talk to you and maybe get you to look at their manuscript or something like that?
2: Well, it depends on the context. Mm-hmm. I just was taking pitches here at this, this convention, and often editors will do that. But I'll be honest with you, it's like reading slush for two days. Yeah. So um, sometimes I get some outlandish ones, and sometimes I get – it was so gratifying to have a couple of people who walked in and said, I've, I love your site. I read your blog. Um, mm. I, I know I, – I read Publisher's Lunch and saw your recent deal – and that sounds cool. You know, so See, there's a person
0: who's been paying attention. They did their <laughs> yeah. research.
2: They know what I'm looking for already. So when they come to me with that manuscript ready to pitch to me, I know that they're probably going to have a good idea what YA is mm-hmm. or children's, if that's what we're talking about. You know, they're going to have a good idea of what I'm looking for. And and I might still not um, end up liking the writing because, you know, it's an oral pitch. Yeah. You know, but wow, that makes a whole lot better impression than somebody who came up to me and said, "Um, I'm not sure if, uh, well, let me back up. So I I got several pitches this weekend from people who write only adult and Mm -hmm. were disappointed, but went ahead and pitched to me anyway. Um, And I'm glad to give information about our adult imprint. I'm glad to hand them the submission guidelines and let people know what their they're looking for but I can't say sure send that on in because I'm not an editor for that imprint and that's not what I'm passionate about so I'm not not the right editor for you but if you're just walking up to somebody in the con and say you know just starting striking up a conversation strike up a conversation about the con strike up a conversation about how are your panels you know um, and, and strike up a conversation about that and then the editor will probably say are you a writer Mm-hmm. And then that will the, the, start that conversation. The way conversation.
1: That, that Brandon and I, Brandon and I have the same editor at Tor, and the way we met him was we cornered him in a party and said, what are you working on right now? And he talked to us for an hour about this exactly. mathematical book he worked on. And then we said, hey, thanks very much. Can we
0: send you a book? Sure. And so we went home and we sent him a book. That's a great way to approach someone. You know, it went further than that. With the dance skipping a step, we, we actually asked him, um, so, what kind of fantasy do you like? What yeah. fantasy have you been working on? That's because true. that's what we wrote. I mean, we, we weren't just sending blind, we were talking and trying to figure right. out. Time for the Tor Book of the Week. Tor presents The Wolfman, the post humorous novel of the young writer Nicholas Picaro. Marlo Higgins is a werewolf who struggled with his curse for years until he started killing only the bad guys. Read The Wolfman by Nicholas Picaro, new and hardcover from Tor. You got any more advice? If, if, we did a lot of approaching editors, Dan and I. We started out on this yeah, kind of road together.
2: Yeah, it's not that just that editor yeah. that you talked to, right. is we it? Yeah.
0: spent well, a long time. How did, what's your advice, the, Dan? The, the,
1: there, there's, there's only so much you can learn you know, on, the, on the internet, just Googling, you know, where can I send this? A lot of it is following the industry, things like Publishers Lunch, things like um, knowing who works on the books that you like and the books that you are similar to. And then we went, like, like Brandon said, we went to a lot of cons, Uh, We talked to, we started at the, you know, the bottom rung, and someone who was trying to break into the editor's market that that we knew, and so we talked to him, and we said, what editors are working on some stuff, and he told us about these editors, and we talked to them, and kind of worked our way up until someone said, oh yeah, I know this editor who's currently accepting submissions for Tor, and so then we spent the rest of the day trying to find him, and we eventually did, and... And that and that was the guy that, that talked to us for an hour about his book. Okay. And so, you know, knowing the industry and knowing who the people are, this is not just a faceless thing. This is individual people who work on individual projects. Uh,
2: let me point out really quick one thing that you said about an, an editor who was on the rise mm-hmm. that you talked to. Often those editors on the rise, associate editors, assistant editors, um, editors who have just been promoted to editor are looking to expand their list. They're looking to find something that they're passionate about because they are finally at a point in their career where they can acquire for themselves, as opposed mm-hmm. to acquiring something for the editor that they're assisting. An that, that's and absolutely
0: just true. House is, is another one exactly that's a good person to submit to because they're probably have taken over someone else's line but they're going to want some of their own so
2: when you watch publishers lunch when you watch um, pw daily or the children's uh, pw children's bookshelf they often say who's moving houses or who just got promoted and okay so then google those editors names and and you might find out a little bit about maybe a talk that they just gave at the rwa or you know um uh, something that they might have said to SCBWI newsletters that said, this is what I'm looking for.
0: And then if you go to a convention that they're, they're at the convention, go listen to one of their panels and actually see, actually listen to what they like and what mm-hmm. they're talking about. Try and find editors that are good matches for your books. Mm-hmm. And theoretically, if you're doing this um, the right way, in my opinion, you will have written several <laughs> novels um when you're trying to to break in. You may have several different themes in different novels. You can match them. <clears throat> but we're we're running low on time. Let's um let's end with asking you what you're working on. What, what am I working what are, on? What have you bought recently? What are you working on? What are you excited about so our edit, so our audience kind of can hear from an editor's mouth. I just
2: um I just bought um, we just um, announced the purchase of Jeff Sampson's First book in a series of four. The first book, we haven't titled the series yet, but the first book is called The Life and Death of Emily Cook okay. about a teen girl who is a geek girl by day but suddenly starts being a little wild at night and things are going on that she's not quite sure about. And there's a whole lot of of um, mystery involved and in some science fiction. And um, I'm really excited about it. And... Um, I'm working on some, the third Dragon Codex book. Red Dragon Codex came out in January tied into the right. Practical Guide to Dragons. Um, I love those stories because they're individual stories set apart. They're not a series mm-hmm. um, connected. Um, so each story um, is individual um, about a kid who has an adventure with a different dragon. And, of course, the third book of Hallomir just came okay. out Why last week. Why did you
0: buy Hallomir? What was it about that book that made you want to, want to publish it?
2: Well, Hallow is by Tiffany Trent. Um, first book is In the Serpent's Coils. Um, when I first got, um, my job and here's an example of, uh, an editor who just got a new job, had a task of finding her own thing. And, um, my task was to find a teen girl series. And so I went to, um, Shannon Hale, an author who, um, I knew from a different convention, actually, and I said, do you know anybody who writes gothic historical girl fantasy? She said, oh, I actually have this friend from grad school who writes exactly that kind of thing. You should talk to her. And at the same time, I was talking to people like um, Dan, and (laughs) there there was
1: some pretty stiff competition for this particular series
2: (laughs) (laughs) and a few other people. And I asked them, I said, I want something like this and and they they each pitched me um various things and we we narrowed it down and people wrote chapters and then we narrowed it down a little bit more and the reason why i picked tiffany over so many others well you had to pick one for one thing i i actually narrowed it's it because down because she hates me <laughs> i actually narrowed it down and then i was like well but i like all of them and i had to make a choice and tiffany's voice for that particular character was lyrical i mean and lyrical is such a it has become a non-meaning word but i really mean that word that she had a voice that really evoked the time period it evoked the character and i knew that even if she wasn't necessarily in draft form as strong on plot as she could be i knew that i could help her with that as an editor you can't teach voice as an editor you can help you can help craft plot But so as an author, I would suggest focusing on creating that voice and learning how to write characters and craft a plot together and that Okay. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, well, now as much uh, as yeah. I
1: pretend to be yeah. bitter about this, I've actually read *Haleymere* and, and it's it's fabulous. I I really enjoyed. it. And you're right. The voice and is you're the not strong doing so bad point yourself. to it. Yeah. No, I'm I'm actually kind I'm, of glad we're that <laughs> I, glad <laughs> I, I got this, the deal yeah. I did instead of the, the Victorian Batgirl was the, the series I pitched to Stacy. But um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're out of time. This has been writing excuses. Um, next week we'll be back. Uh, Howard will be back from the convention. Um,
3: we miss so, Howard. Yep. Yes, we miss Howard. This podcast is brought to you by Tor, a leading publisher of science fiction and fantasy. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction.